Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Guys, I wonder in your pocket, or ladies in your purse, besides your keys and your wallet, if there's anything in there that you wouldn't take 50 bucks for. Here's why I ask that question. Most of us carry around a pack of gum or pocket knife or a compact, ladies, or a, you know, whatever. Things that we can replace for a few bucks. Our keys are of value, our wallets and wallets and billfolds are of value, but other than that, we carry around things probably that are of little to no value to anybody else besides us. We, as we've seen last week, and we'll see this week, it is the mundane things, sometimes the insignificant things, the meaningless things that we have in our hands, in our world, in our lives, that God wants to use. We think, I don't have anything of significance to offer. And, I, and I'm, I'm racking my brain to think, what, what can I give God that's worthy of him, that's, that he can use and bring some value to the kingdom through? And it's the smallest, littlest things that are already in your hands, already in your world, already, that you already have and are walking with or in your pocket that he wants to use. Turn to Exodus chapter 4. We'll look at this text today, verses 1 to 17, about the story of Moses and what he had in his hand. As we uh, think about this idea of God using those things, we looked last week at David. David had a sling and some stones. Here to see what Moses has today. Uh, chapter 4 of Exodus, verses 1 to 17. Moses answered, What if they did not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took, it, took, took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside the cloak, and when he took it out, it was leprous, like snow. Now put it back in your cloak. He said, so Moses put it back in his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, if they do not believe you or pay attention to the first miraculous sign, they may believe the second. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile, and pour it onto the dry ground. The water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. Moses said to the Lord, O oh Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I'll help you speak and teach you what, you, what, what to say. So Moses said, O oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if 
he were your mouth as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so that you can perform miraculous signs with it. Now, four things today I want us to see from this, this text. In Moses' hand, first of all, was a staff. We see that in verse 2, a stick, more or less. The Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. Now, staff, of course, is a shepherd's, is a shepherd's tool, and it's usually fashioned out of a tree branch or out of an exposed root above the ground. And they'll usually look for one with a crook in it or one that's thin enough to hold, it, hold it, the end of it in water for a couple of days, get it soft enough to bend around and, and where, where there is a crook. But some shepherd staffs are straight on both ends. It just depends on the, the shepherd's preference. But usually one end is whittled to a point, to a sharp point. The, the staff has two purposes. It's to pull the sheep that are heading away from the flock back toward the flock with the crook, either grabbing their back legs or their neck or with the prod pointed in to prod them back in, into the way, or can be used as a, as a defense tool for a predator that's trying to come against the, the flock itself, and the shepherd would need to defend the flock with the, with, the, with the staff, with the stick. So it was a mundane tool that he used every day that, that, that we see here. So uh, both, both, both ends were, were of, of high, high use to a shepherd. The nation of Israel here had strayed from God, and they were in bondage as, as brickmakers, as slaves to Pharaoh in Egypt. Uh, he, he's, God is calling Moses here to go to Pharaoh and tell him to release the Israelites from slavery. I believe that God in the simplest form possible is trying to do, teach Moses a couple of things here. First is this. I think he's trying to get Moses to see the nation of Israel as a flock of sheep. Something Moses had some familiarity with. He, he dealt with sheep every day. That was his, his trade and so I think, I think the Lord, in, in his simplicity, is trying to get him to see, don't see the, n the numerous people here. See them as a flock of sheep. And the second thing I, I think he's trying to get him to see is to see himself as a more or less carpe diem shepherd, as a season of the day, the day shepherd. As a shepherd, that this is a, a, for such a time as this moment, a defining moment in your life, Moses. I, I think those two things, in, in their simplicity, is what he's trying to get him to see through the staff here. Uh, and, and this this tool that he has in his hand, uh, this, this as, I, as I say, was a defining moment in Moses' life. God had spoken to him previously through the burning bush. You read uh, in chapter three where that conversation occurs, and he calls Moses out to to lead the nation out. Um, and so th this this whole dialogue back and forth between the Lord is very supernatural in one hand and very practical in the other. When we're wondering if and how God can use us, we need to look at the practical before we look at anything beyond that. Because most of the time, it is the practical things God wants us to, to, to use to bring glory to himself or to bring root to our faith and substance to our story. So, what's in your hand? It is those everyday things in your hand that you use every day that God probably wants to use more than you would think of him, him using something more significant than that. So in Moses' hand was a staff. Secondly, in Moses' hand was a snake. Look at three and four. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Uh, and Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out, took the hold of the snake and turned back into a staff in his hand. He threw it on the ground, becomes a snake, reaches uh, to grab it and becomes a staff again. His reluctance in verses one there 
in verses 10, as we read in verse 13, his reluctance to follow through with this, with this task, with this call, uh, reveals uh, that he doesn't just have a lack of confidence, but he has real fear in his inabilities to, to make this job work and to do, do the kind of job that I think God, he thinks God wants him to do. He don't think he's up to it. So God addresses his fear here by turning the staff into a snake. Uh, and it was possibly an asp. Uh, asps were highly venomous, highly poisonous snakes in, in the region, in and around the region of Egypt. And it may or may not have been an asp, but it, it would have caused him to have a lot greater caution if he knew it was an asp to reach down and pick it up than he did. So it says he ran from it, or at least jumps back uh, in, in fear from it. Uh, so he's, he's moving Moses into his fear to, to, to show him what he needs to do and how he needs to respond. So God wanted this story, this demonstration to be told and performed with confidence again and again. So he starts here with Moses. God wanted that to be told, and he eventually tells the same story to Aaron, his brother. If you read on, he tells the same story to the, to the elders of the nation of Israel, and then the same story again with the snake and the whole deal to, to Pharaoh himself. So the more this occurs, the more confidence that, that, that Moses has and the more confidence that grows in his heart and in his, in, in his hand as to what God can use the mundane to bring about the miraculous. Uh, he's He's helping Moses face his fears here. Uh, and you, you can put yourself in that situation of, you know, you throw a stick down, it becomes a snake. And God says, pick it up. Moses is still back here, jumped away. Pick it up. And I can hear Moses. And, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, whatever you say, I'll do whatever you say. Um, but he does reach down and, and pick it up. Um, and I think he does that. I think God asks him to do that so that he can have some skin in the game. He can be engaged, not just believe from afar that God's powerful enough to do whatever he wants to do. But when he reaches down to pick it up, it stops being a snake. It turns back into a staff to say, if you'll trust me and engage with me, not just follow from a distance, but be involved, be engaged in the process, you're going to see some miraculous things. And he goes on to do that. So our engagement is the key there as well with him. God created Moses. And he knew that Moses was a, was a visual and perhaps even a tactile learner. I, I'm that way myself. If I can see something done or, or touch it and grasp it, I can usually figure it out. You, you may have to explain it to me sometimes two or three times, but if I can see it, I, I, I can usually get it. And Moses was that way, and God knew that. And so he visually appealed to, to Moses' nature and tactile, in, in a tactile way, appealed to, to Moses with the, with the staff into a snake back into a staff. So... He had to experience both of those things and experience the burning bush beforehand. Had to see, see the miraculous nature of that and the miraculous nature of the, of the staff into a snake to get it. And God knew that. So he, he spoke to him in that way. And he's faithful to do that with you and I. He's faithful to say at the, in the right moment and in the right way, here's what I want you to do. Here's where I want you to go. Here's what I want you to say. He knows us. He created us. And he knows how best to reach us and speak to us. So in his hand was a staff, first of all. Secondly, was it was a snake. Thirdly, I want us to see that in Moses' hand was a sermon. In his hand was a sermon. Look at verse 5. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. This is so they may believe. So this is a, a miraculous demonstration that was first experienced, then replicated and told 
again and again by Moses, first to, to Aaron, then to the elders of Israel, then to Pharaoh, as I said. So uh, God wanted the story to be performed with the confidence instead of fear. And that's what he was telling Moses in essence to verse 5, to say, Moses, you need to, you need to get this and have some confidence in, in what you're about to do because it's going to be, there's going to be some miraculous things that you're a part of that Pharaoh's going to see. Uh, and I think he does that to say to Moses, it's less about the snake and the staff and more about the power of God behind the snake, behind the staff. And I think that's what he wants Moses to see and to us today to say, your life and what's in your hand is preaching a sermon. It may be something as simple as, as a work tool that Moses had. Maybe something as simple as a work tool for you. But whatever's in your, in your hand, God wants to use. And so those things and how we use them are preaching a sermon every day. Uh, and if God has done something miraculous in you, through you, around you, near you, he wants those stories, those sermons to be told as well to others. That's, that's a huge part of what he's up to. If that's, uh, if he's doing something in you. He wants to do it through you. So that story needs to be told. Your life and what's in your hand is preaching a sermon every day. Uh, if God's doing something miraculous, and tell it. In fact, just as Moses, the more we tell it, the more we share it, the more confidence we have telling it and sharing it and using it again and again. So the more confident we become. And if you read on ahead of the story, Moses is so timid and so backward and so against what God's about to do in this story as we read. If you read on in, in chapter 14, Moses stands up to the Red Sea. And God, and God didn't tell him he's about to part the Red Sea. And God didn't tell him about anything's going on. He just stand up there and, and hold the staff up. I'm paraphrasing. You don't hear Moses whine about that. You don't hear Moses ask, what are you, what are you about to do? We're, we're trapped here. We're, we're toast. Pharaoh's army's bearing down on us. We're about to be, you don't hear any, any of that going on. All you see him do is step up, to, step up to the Red Sea and hold the staff and, and, and the waters start to part. Why was that confidence there? Because of this story here. And again and again and again, how God had already done the miraculous things through a stick in Moses' hand. And so that confidence at the Red Sea was laid here. So the more, the more repetition we have with what God asks us to do and the more that story, that sermon is told again and again, um, the, the greater confidence we have. So Here's the question I want to pose with that, and that's this. What has God done in your life that only God can do? What's he done? And there, there may be situation after situation after situation, but at least one comes to your mind, I promise you this morning. What has he done in your life that only he could do? Those are the stories that need to be told. That's the sermon that needs to be shared out of your life. Uh, we talked yesterday at our, at our men's breakfast about how it is easy sometimes to outsource our manhood, to outsource our masculinity. And I wonder in each of our lives what we're outsourcing that God wants us engaged in so that the repetition of being engaged in it gives us the confidence to tell it and live it and share it again and again and again. Well, in Moses' hand was a staff, was a snake, and a sermon. But finally, in Moses' hand was a miracle. Look in verse 17. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform miraculous signs with it. Take this staff in your hand so you can perform miraculous signs with it. Most people think that miraculous things always happen to somebody else. That's something for, that's something for, for Jerry King because he walks with God. Miraculous things happen to people. It's always somebody else besides me. Well, let me ask you a few questions. Have you ever experienced the birth of a child? 
Have you ever experienced the new birth of a child of God, perhaps yourself or someone else? Have you ever avoided a car accident or some other kind of catastrophe or storm by mere minutes or some, sometimes maybe, maybe even seconds? Have you, has, has, has an unexpected financial blessing come at just the right time in your life? Has either you or a loved one been given an all clear from cancer or from heart disease or some other, some other ailment? If that's the case, you've experienced a miracle. You, you, may, you may not have seen it in the moment, but you've experienced a, a miracle. And so these miraculous things happen to us and around us and near us because God wants those things to happen through us to others. So the next question is, how often have you had the opportunity to be, to be a miracle to someone else? To be the, the answer to the situation or solution to a problem that they're facing or what have you. God wants to use us in those ways and if we can't see them and if he hasn't done that before, we lack the confidence to step into them. But if, if there's a track record and a pattern of God using those things, we'll be far more apt to step into them with confidence. Um, that's, that's what Moses experienced here and what God wants to do through every child of his. You say, I really don't have anything of value to offer to him. I, I, don't, I don't sing. I don't, I don't have any, any talents. I don't, you know. And to that, uh, uh, see, see I, I bring little to the table. Uh, to that, God's asking, what's in your hand? Because really all Moses had to bring to the table was a healthy dose of fear and some availability. And that's all he, that's all he had to offer. And God grabbed that and used it, and, and the stick in his hand, the staff in his hand, to do some miraculous things. Last week we looked at, at David's sling and stone, and this week we looked at Moses with a stick. And if God can use sticks and stones... He can use anything he wants in anybody's life he wants, anywhere at any time he wants. He's that kind of God. Have you ever been to the varsity in Atlanta? <clears throat> it's, it's usually always crowded, especially around lunchtime. But it's a hot dog hamburger joint. And there are several of them in Atlanta. But when you get up to order, things are buzzing and your helpers are there behind the counter working. You get up to order to order, you better be ready to order because they're going to move beyond you if you're, if you're not. But they'll ask you when you when you stand up to the cashier there, what do you have? That's their line. What do you have? I think the question God's asking you today is what kind of life do you want? What do you have? That's in your hands to have that kind of life. But we've got to be willing to take whatever that is and lay it down before him. Uh, what, what do you want your life to really count for? Uh, finally, just as he did for David and Moses, God has a divine plan for your life. Before you were ever born, God had, had a destiny, a destination for you, and he has a divine plan for your life. The vehicle to experience that plan might just be found in what's in your hand. The vehicle to experience God's plan might just be found in what's in your hand, and that may be seasonal for you. I mean, there, there was a season in my life where I had one of these in my hand quite a bit as a kid. And there was a season in my life where I had this in my hand quite a bit as a tool, as an instrument. There's a season in my life where I had one of these in my hand and still do occasionally. Season in my life where I've had this in my hand. This has been a multi-seasonal tool for me. My question is, what is that season of your life and what's in your hand? 
It may be mundane to you, but God can and will use it in miraculous ways if we're willing to reach down and grab it and engage with it. We can't stand off and say, I don't have anything of value to offer. Because he don't need value. All he needs is you, what you have, what's in your hand, what's in your pocket, what's in your wallet, what's in your heart. And he can use those things to bring glory to himself and people to him if we're willing to tell that story. He can do miraculous things. Let's pray. Father, today, would you help us to see the simple things, the practical things, the things that no one else would deem of any value whatsoever. And those are the things that you want to use to bring glory to yourself and to tell the story of here's what God has done with this and in my life, and he can do the same with you. Would you help us here today, this, the, the message and sermon from your Holy Spirit speaking to our heart to say, let, let go of that. Be willing to give that back to God and allow him to use it in whatever way he will, whether it's a talent, uh, a passion that we have, something we've, we've, as I say, may have seen some significance with or not. If we're willing to lay it down and lay it at your feet, you can pick it up and use it to bring glory to yourself and to grow and, and deepen our faith as a result of it. So today with both of those things happen, we find ourselves willing to give whatever we have to be used by you to bring glory to yourself and to deepen and, and, and grow a greater sense of confidence in our faith to tell the story just as Moses. And we're reading the scripture today that Moses wrote. So as he told this story and recorded it for us, help us to be those kinds of messengers and vessels as well to say God can and he will and he has and he'll do it again in me and in you. Help us to tell those stories, preach those sermons, and expect those kinds of miracles. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 